Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> Troy, yo, get out of here, man. Hey. Hey, what's going on, y'all? And we are back with another edition of the Melly D's podcast. I'm your host, Melly Mel, and join me as always. You know, we got your boy Husky and Bearded. We got my man Drew in the building. What's happening? Your was good with it. I'm ready to argue today. Like, I'm feeling it. I, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm ready today. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. This snow messes up, though. I thought we was going to be snowed in, so I was ready like, yo, I'm going to get me a nice little cup of coffee, get my day started off right, get ready to argue at 1 o'clock. And, you know, uh-huh. all the snow melted and the sun is out, Now I feel like I want to be outside. So we got to wrap this joint up. Hey, hey, you know we got your boy Life Coach Lace in the building. What's going on, man? Man, we in here ready to chop wood on another episode. We chopping wood. Let's go. Hey, Lace look a lot lively this week, man. He looked like he glad to be back. I'm back. I'm not dying. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand what y'all don't get. Hey, I'm back. I feel you. My man was coughing all up in the microphone last week. He was holding it together. So we glad you. Yeah, man. It was it was right there. The congestion was right My there. My man was on the sick and shut-in list. You're right. Hey, and you know we got your boy. T.Roy, a.k.a. Pastor Troy. What's going on, man? It's your boy, Troy. Hey, just want to remind our listeners, follow us on Instagram. And I'm going to keep saying it every week until we get them numbers that we're trying to get. All right. So we on Instagram at Manly Deeds Podcast. We're on Twitter at Manly Deeds underscore. We have uh, Facebook, which is also at Manly Deeds Podcast. And check us out on uh, YouTube. We are at 10 uh subscribers right now we need 90 more subscribers even if you don't use youtube you got a gmail account log into youtube and just hit subscribe just so we can get those numbers up so we can get that specialized link so it could be uh easily remembered by a lot of our um people who are following us so check your boys out Mm-hmm. Hey, I like how Troy be giving the people a call to follow us on social media, bro. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Master Pastor Yo, and Master Pastor Troy and bro. Troy, be, Troy be on that joint, bro. I'm I'm a YouTube, <laughs> I'm, bro. I'm not lying. YouTube is my is my cocaine. I'm talking about like I got no. <laughs> I use that joint on a regular basis, bro. I'm on there every single day watching somebody doing something. And I'm just picking up from where they where they left off. You know what I'm saying? Troy said YouTube got that fish scale. Hey, it do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pure God white. No, yeah. Troy. <laughs> hey, real talk though, when Troy be telling people to uh to follow us on the uh subscribe to the podcast, that just be sounding like my man that used to talk at the back end of the PBS drink when Arthur used to go off. When he was telling everybody. <laughs> now now like, Arthur yo, was Troy after be on my it, time. Um, Arthur was after my time, so I, I didn't get the chance. I didn't get into that. Now the author memes, though, I don't know who brought them <laughs> joints back, but man, them joints be hitting, and I ain't even watched the show. Hey, my favorite joint is when he got his fist balled up. Yes, Absolutely. right. Uh, that'd right. be my favorite joint. Hey, yo, so I ain't even gonna play no games. I'm gonna just get into it because we was already geeked up about it before the joint started. So I'm gonna just jump into the with it and all. I ain't gonna do the fall talk. <laughs> Drew started this debate, so so we gonna get right into it. Nah, yo. bro. Nah, we bro. gonna get right nah, into bro. it. While it's at the forefront of my brain, you with it or not, do condiments belong in the refrigerator? That's just where we go start the conversation. Lazen already jumped off and said that condiments absolutely do not belong in the refrigerator unless we talk in salad dressing. Not. And that's it. That's all. You know, I, I agree. I agree and want to disagree at the same time. Like, I, don't, I really don't care either way. But if we talking like actual so condiments. So you eat cold ketchup? So listen, though. Listen, cold ketchup? Listen, <laughs> listen. Listen. In my So look, for me and my house, the condiments are in are in the pantry, okay? They're not in the refrigerator unless we talking uh, mayonnaise or salad dressing or something like that. But what I'm saying is on the casing, uh-huh. it does say to refrigerate after opening. So they yes, are giving us does. a call to refrigerate it. So I'm just saying if you were nah. to be putting it in the refrigerator, you would be following directions. Now, if you want to risk, you know, having the BGs, you know, like Lace and the rest of his community by sticking it back in the I'll pantry. Take it. I'll take <laughs> you know, you can, go, you can go ahead and do that. So I'm just saying it don't matter to me either way. The one, the one condiment I will argue with people is hot sauce. I don't think hot sauce should go in the fr- refrigerator, but Absolutely everything not. else should be in the refrigerator. 
Uh, I disagree. I, I I don't think. I mean, you go to a restaurant. They not putting ketchup in the refrigerator every night. Yeah, yeah, I know. That drink is sitting out. That they they not putting. They not putting. No. They not putting a one in the in the refrigerator every night. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Yeah, nah, it's a it's a no for me unless it is like I said, salad dressing or something. Now else. that does make sense. Now I've worked at several, I, uh, several. I worked in three different uh, uh, fast food joints. Well, actually, technically two, but I worked that's at several. But go several. ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I worked in a kitchen. I worked in a kitchen once, and you are right. Like the 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 big jar of ketchup, it's just in the kitchen. And when we, yeah. when we when we're trying to uh reload the uh the jars that are out like on the tables, <laughs> we just we just get the funnel out and it be sitting you right. Troy, what's the method? Show, t- tell me the method, show me the process. I'm trying to get a show, take me there. Give we, me the visual. You gotta reload. We you gotta reload, reload that. Y'all know, I mean, so that that is one of the that's one of the tricks of restaurants, or at least back in the day. I haven't been in a restaurant, I haven't worked in a restaurant in years. But uh, what what would happen is you would get the um, the dispenser, and instead of buying new dispenser like new ketchup, new Heinz or whatever the case may be, they just take the take the uh, whatever was on your table, take it in the back, and put a funnel on it, and they would pour this big old jar of ketchup back into the <laughs> bottle. They would fill it up at night, and they would do that with uh, the salt. They do that with the pepper. They do that with your uh, with their uh, with the cheese at um, at Pizza Hut. Like that's that's all they do. Now that I think about it, y'all right. But that mayonnaise well, Troy about to any- go take all his condiments out the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Troy about to Troy about to lead the podcast. Like I had had a revelation. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> right. Now, but new anything- information was brought unto me, and now I'm gonna make the executive decision to take all my condiments. out I'm the just fridge saying, room. man. Now anything ketchup cold man. Mayonnaise cold, must mustard freezing cold on your sandwich. Hold up, I so mean, you're not you're not putting your mayonnaise in a refrigerator, bro? Now that's wild. First of all, that's don't diabolical. Own don't own it. I, I don't own it. It's not it's not in the in the house. That's you ain't got no you ain't got no Hellman's, it, no Miracle Whip, bro. None of that. I'm good on that. For what? Who eats that? <laughs> Who eats that? I can think that of a lot a of uses for why mayonnaise would be useful. Thank you for what. On what? I mean, chicken you salad, a potato salad. salad. You gonna need some mayonnaise or anything? Who who is making potato salad on a regular basis? I mean, let's just be for real. I mean, my wife makes potato that's salad. That's a once. On a that's a basis. once every quarter. That's a once every quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Side dish. Who's I mean, making potato salad every other week? Not every other week, but she she make it quite a bit. Mm, okay. Okay. And that's a misconception that black people don't use Miracle Whip or mayonnaise. And that was started by uh, what's that movie? Um, Undercover, Undercover Brother. brother. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I That's definitely do think that black people use mayonnaise, but I will argue that black people use Miracle Whip more than they use mayonnaise. Absolutely, oh, I think Absolutely. more black yeah. households got Miracle Whip than they got ma- actual mayonnaise in their house. Yeah, so my mom's family—they are Miracle Whip family, but my dad's folks—they actually use Hellman's. So it, it was a—it was a source of contention for a while. Hmm. I personally think it depends on what type of sandwich I'm eating if I'm going to use Miracle Whip or Hellman's. Because Absolutely. I don't want Miracle Whip on no Whopper or Please break like. this down. So look. So look. <laughs> hey, Mel, so I got you, bro. Follow I got me, you, bro. bro. Follow where I'm going with this, bro. Think about like, okay, so you had a Whopper before, I'm sure. They put mayonnaise on a Whopper. You don't want that Miracle Whip tang on your Whopper. But if you was eating... <laughs> you <don't laughs> <the tang>. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want Not that. You don't want that on your whopper. But if you was eating the, like a turkey sandwich made at home, you got your deli slices, something like that, you wouldn't mind the miracle whip because it add a little, you know, extra flavor to the sandwich. So you, it just depends on what you eat. Got you. Well, that's the thing. They say they say that miracle whip is not actually like mayonnaise. It's like that's a what I be hearing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, for like um, tuna salad, potato salad, whatever the case may be. But you put lace. You ain't never enjoyed a good burger with mustard and mayo on that joint, bro. Nah, just ketchup and mustard for me. Nigga making toddler burgers. Hey, have, y'all ever put, <laughs> y'all ever put, have y'all ever put barbecue on a burger though? Them joints yes, be absolutely. Now that go that it does go on the burger. burger. Yeah, yeah, definitely goes on the burger. Troy look like a uh, Troy look like a sweet burger. baby Ray's type of uh, barbecue sauce user. I rock with a sweet baby Ray's. Um, not sweet baby. <laughs> Not rocking with I mean, the sweet baby. Nothing wrong with a little, you know, sweet baby race every once in a while. Nah, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with yeah. it. Yeah. But the trick is, is to put that in with your when you're making your patty. 
mix it in with the patty. It gives it an extra, extra mm. tang to it, as Mel would say. Mm. Extra tang. Okay. Let me find out. We got Iron Chef over tips. here. That might need to be, you know, a little something. A little something. That might need to be a segment <laughs> on here, a cooking segment, because I know y'all be whipping it up. I, I'm not a cooker, so yeah, I know y'all be whipping it up. Well, I don't really cook. I would prefer to grill. I don't like to spend a lot of time in the kitchen per se. Mm. Uh, well, grilling is cooking. I mean, so that that is, that's 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 factual. I, mean, I would argue that it's more preparing food versus cooking. It, it's it's food preparation. How? Because the words are different. Bro, obviously, you are taking raw and ingredients and cook it, and, and, and bro, that's cooking, bro. Okay, so is sauteing cooking is okay, ladies, is but you using cooking. a stove versus a grill. <laughs> stove versus grill is where I'm going with this. <laughs> the stove versus the grill is basically my argument. The the word it. preparation and cooking is actually you gathering all the ingredients together and just setting them there, and in, in in the process of about to cook them. So that is not what food preparation is. What you're describing. I don't like Troy's Venn diagram explanation. <laughs> my, my cooking experience. You know what? I'm tired of this conversation. Y'all about to take it another direction. And before y'all ridiculed me in front of uh, 75 viewers that we have on YouTube, I want to uh, just jump into another segment that we like to call the wild segment of the week. And that's basically where we allow Dr. Drew Moore uh, or life coach Lace to bless us with a SAT word, you know, that allows us to extend our vocabulary and also make us look smart amongst unlearned folks. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to let Drew or whoever this week, you know, just drop that word on us. So I let me get my uh, phone though. Cause I always got to Google. Go ahead. <laughs> Lace, you got one. You want me to go? Well, I think um, we could go with the word that we were talking about the other day oh, absolutely. Um, in the chat. And it's not necessarily a, a hard word or a word that folks may not hear on a regular basis, but uh, the word was copious. Okay, I'm mm -hmm. with y'all there. I already Googled that, so I'm copious. Good, like, go ahead. Uh, so, Matt, so you want to tell the people, Mel, since you already got no, it? No, I, I, it I, I like to keep myself unlearned on the podcast, so go ahead. <laughs> Why, how you gonna keep yourself unlearned and you and you? I don't want. You I don't want to, to uh, give people high expectations that in the future that I'm gonna be doing this type of thing. So I just would rather. <laughs> got it. Okay. Okay. So so you you I got you got you got you. So copious essentially means abundant in supply or quantity. So copious. So you could say I have a copious amount of. Um, you know, if you're referring to uh, don't use the word that you said or, in the, in the or, chat. Don't do not use that word for the love of God. Or uh, any anything from a lens of abundance. So if you're operating yep. from a lens of abundance, that is a copious X Y Z. For lack, of, let me let me tell the listeners this: y'all 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 are not privileged to be a part of our text messages. Um, but let me just say, I'm glad I did not know old school uh, Lace because he was a horrible <laughs> individual. <laughs> I'm talking about terrible. He was terrible. I'm glad. I would agree with I'm that. Glad he is hey, I'm not going to lie. Know. I caught the tail end of, of Lace before his transformation. I caught the hey, tail bro. end of it. He was, he was on the cusp of a change, but I caught the tail end of it. Hey, <laughs> And I was around for both parts, so I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciated the life lessons. Hey man, growth, growth in the grace of God, brother. That's all. I it feel is. that lace. I'm in that same boat, so I can't even, I can't even laugh too hard. Yeah, I don't remember. Real, I, the the first time I met Melvin, uh, it was at my cousin's uh, wedding, and I just remember you laughing and joking a whole lot with you, um, uh, with James. That's the only thing I remember. I don't really. I mean, that's what I do. I, yeah, that sounds very Melvin esque. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. See, progress. But I appreciate it though. You know, uh seeing Lace's evolution. It gave me hope for myself, you know, if I if I'm just being honest. Hey, that's what hey, if we can if we can be a motivation, that's what we strive to do. It's man. been a copious amount of do. growth. Absolutely. Okay, Troy. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Troy. Look, Lace gave me Absolutely. hope because I got tired of comparing myself to Troy. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, <laughs> wait, but I, I need somebody that I need somebody on my wavelength. So when I started hanging around Troy more and I saw how Troy acted and how he carried himself and stuff like that, and I was trying to get some of those characteristics, after a while, I was like, I ain't going to be able to keep this up. 
I can't. I can't. I, 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 the longevity of this plan is not going to work out. I was like, no, I need to. I said, let me lower my bar a little bit. So then I was like, who else do I know? You know, that not all the way there, but on their way. So I was like, Lace probably a better, a better, you know. Lace, that's a better name for me right there. Hanging bro. out. Hanging out with Troy is uh, like going to the gym and seeing he hitting 350 on the bench. And you like, I, I can't do that, bro. Yep. I know I can't do that. Yep. Lace, I, Troy was like, man, imagine Jesus' crazy. little brother, bro. Remember when Jesus had a little brother? And he, <laughs> how do you compare yourself to that? You know, Stop I'm not it. saying that Troy is Jesus, but it's just like. Stop it. If that's the bar that I'm working towards, I got hey, Lord is Jay. I need to stop it. I ain't going to be able to do that. What's the topic for the week, man? <laughs> 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 hey, oh, yo! Boy. Since we talking about oh, we talking boy. about fixing and changing our lives, man. The, the topic for this week is is Mister Fix It. Um, basically, you know mm. what we mean by that is, uh, you know how men have this tendency to want to fix everything. You know, every time we look at the glasses, you know, half empty or half full or even full. You know, sometimes we trying to fix things that don't even need to be fixed. You know, so I think that there's this uh, conversation around this constant need to want to fix everything or put our hands to fix everything. And I kind of came up when we was, you know, having our conversation last week about <clears throat> the education system, you know, and failing the black youth and what it looks like. And we got into this, you know, real deep discussion about systems and policy changes and all that type of thing. But I think it's, it's a lot bigger than that for us too, because we do it in our, you know, everyday lives, you know, with our work environments, our relationships, you know, and our parenting and things like that. And, you know, I feel like we could have a deeper conversation around that to really, try to see where that comes from, you know, what it is about us that makes us feel like we need to fix everything. Is there really something wrong with everything? Or do we think that we find value in fixing something or being able to say that we put our hands to do something, you know, and turn it around? So I didn't really have a real, you know, angle or starting point. I just, you know, wanted to throw it out there and see what may come from it. I think that, and it's wild that you bring this up because I've been, uh, and thought about this all week, and I even touched on this in my in my therapy session yesterday. My desire to fix things, or uh, more so, kind of have my hand on things, is really out of like my my substance of care. And so the reason why, like, I try to have mm. my hand on things is, is because I care, and I know that if my hand isn't on it, um, as uh, bad as this may sound, it's not going to get done correctly, and it's not going to get taken care of. Mm. And so it's a level of anxiety that I have if I'm not in control. And not to say that I try to control people, I try to control outcomes. Mm -hmm. It's just that if I'm in situations where there's somebody else in leadership or I'm in a relationship and I deem them um, that they're not able to make quality decisions um, because you know, in life is not just one decision. You have to make good decisions one after another. It's a, it's an art, it's a practice in decision-making. If I'm around people I know who aren't good decisions maker, decision makers and I have to be around them, i.e. at work, then I have to exercise some sort of, of, a, of a move to put myself in control so that I can fix it. Because if I don't fix it, more than likely it's going to come back and impact me. Yeah, and to, and to that point, I think that you can also add that that's a part of our nature, um, you know, as individuals, leaders, um, even if you try to put a kind of a, a gender um, norm around it, we're taught to be fixers and not necessarily engage from the in emotion, the emotional piece of it that goes into decisions and stuff like that. It's like, okay, you got an issue, let's just fix it or find a way to fix it without um, a lot of times figuring out at the core what it is or the why behind it. So I think that it's, it's definitely a both and to add what Drew stated when you have a heart for wanting to uh, have your hands on it and touch it, but it also, it's also can be considered a deficiency or uh, uh, issue if you have to have your hands in everything because you don't trust people to do what they're supposed to do or if they show that they are they lack a certain level of competency um, to get it done. So it's a both and. It's, a, it's definitely a, a, a fine line between the two. I know for me, I just don't like things to linger. You know what I mean? Like, if something's broken or something's not working, like, I don't want to have a group meeting to try to figure out how we going to get this done. Mm. I, I see the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see the problem. And then I run through a list in my mind. I run through a list of things that could be potential ways to uh, uh, address this. So instead of us getting in our emotions, getting in our feelings, let's just go directly to how exactly we could fix something um, in order to to get it done. Because I would like to move on away from this uh, certain situation. But I'm learning yeah. that I, I have to sit and 
broken moments uh, because although I've moved along, other people around me may not have. Um, mm. I I remember uh, distinctly like at work, there would be an issue that come up. They're like, all right, I'm going to look at everyone's calendar and try to uh, get some time to us to get together. No, you're in charge. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to get because the moment the moment we open up the opportunity for everybody to put in their input. I mean, we may not even come to a conclusion. And we're going to be stuck yeah. right here for, you know what I'm saying? So my, my whole thing yeah. has been, Hey man, let, let's not, let's not stand on ceremony. Let's just go ahead and just address it and move on. I feel that Troy. And I think I'm leaning more. Well, actually I think I'm a, in this subject, a mix of both drew uh, and Troy's perspective on it, where a lot of what I try to fix or put my hands to is because I actually care about the person or situation or thing mm-hmm. that's taking place at the time. And I want to be of some sort of resource, you know, to try to fix that problem. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I think that it, there's a task oriented mind, you know, that I have where I just see things and I have this need to get stuff yeah. done, almost like a checklist where I like, all right, I see an issue. I see a problem. Let's go ahead and get this taken care of because I don't want to be talking about this and dealing with it for too long. You know, kind of what Troy sure. said. Yeah. I see what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and do that so we can, you know, keep this train moving. You know, I, I think it's the same thing about not necessarily, you know, wanting it to linger. But uh, on the flip side of that, I think one of my other struggles is sometimes something don't need to be fixed or somebody don't necessarily want something to be fixed. Mm-hmm. But I still find myself trying to fix it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and I'll use I'll use Sharita as an example where uh, sometimes when she's telling me about her challenges or struggles or something like that, she may not necessarily want me to fix what she's mm. bringing to me. You True. know, like she just yeah. want me to listen mm-hmm. to it, you know, but my brain is like, all right, she telling me because she got a challenge, <laughs> you know, so I'm supposed to fix it. Right. And then right, right, I would right, always just jump right. in and she would get upset. And I'm like, why are you upset? I'm trying to help you. I thought you wanted me to help you. You feel me? <laughs> you know, like you telling me about it. I thought you wanted my help. And she literally had to just be like, look, sometimes I don't want your help. I just want you to listen to listen to me talk or whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, you better say something. Because if, if right. you don't say something, I'm going to sit here trying to problem solve your situation or whatever it is that you know that you got going on because I think that I'm being you know a resource to you and stuff like that. So I've been at times struggling with like, when do I jump in and try to help not just her, but anybody? Like, when do I jump in and try to fix or when do I just fall back and watch you know, how things may fall into place or how the pieces may fall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, i tell you one thing I that I had to um, start doing is actually asking the question, all right, do you want my feedback so you can fix it or am I just listening? Um, because, you know, we can easily jump into, okay, you telling me your issue or venting or whatever, you want me to fix it. Uh, so just the other day, um, a former colleague reached out and was asking some questions about something like, so you want me to fix it or you just want my opinion so you can vent <laughs> about the situation? Because again, I want to make sure that I'm on par and that, you know, the communication is clear. So I, I definitely agree with everything that um, has been stated. But again, I think it does go back to uh, at the core as to Troy's point, you know, fixing it is one thing, but are we truly fix, fixing it if we ha- aren't addressing the issue that is at the core that, that could be lingering, um, you know, underneath everything else that we try to correct. And what Drew was saying, like, <clears throat> we don't want to see people suffer or we want people to be Mm -hmm. helped. You know what I'm saying? So if I hear you telling me about a problem, I'm like, you are suffering because I wouldn't want to be in that situation. So (laughs) (laughs) let me give you some points of view. Okay. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And this is going to solve all everything that you're going through. Um, But I've come to understand that some people just want to, they, I was about to say some people want to suffer um, and that could be it. Some people just enjoy Mm -hmm. going through. But what I understand, what I've come to understand is some people in their journey of trying to figure things out, they need to do it in their own time. And even though you can see, Mm -hmm. you can, you can project and see, you know, you have future vision of how things are going to work out. You know, they need their ha- they need to have their own experience in order to do that. I remember when sure. I was a kid, I remember when I was a kid, you know, my I would try to do something and then my parent tried to step in to help me. It'd be something simple. 
And I'm like, no, I want to do it myself. And I would literally like fight my parent off in order, you know, so I could do it myself so I can prove something to me. Um, Mm. And so it it might be one of those cases of where, you know, people trying to work things out to prove something to themselves. So that was actually going to be one of my uh, sub questions later. But since you brought it up, uh, I'll just go ahead and lead into it. Do you think that men are taking on too much stuff for pride, just like what you described? you know, by trying to fix everything or take on all this stuff because there's some pride in it that's just like, I did that or I made a difference or I fixed that or I'm valuable now because I corrected all these, you know, perceived issues. I think you can make the argument um, that the answer to your question is, you know, multifaceted because there's definitely male pride in being able to look at something and accomplish it and say, you know, I I, I did that or that's there because of me. Um, but I, I think I, you know, I think it's important to note or mention the fact of like societal pressures based upon what men are, are, you know, what is deemed as a valuable man. You know, like if you're not working, you're not, you're not valuable. If you're not adding anything to the situation, you're mm-hmm. not valuable. So it's just like, you know, in those situations, like you, you were talking about with your wife, you know, people at work or friends or colleagues or whatever in relationships, they're coming and they're telling me this information. And, you know, in therapy, my therapist told me sometimes I'm so logical that it's to my detriment. It's like, well, why are you telling me this unless you want me to do something about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just a simple fact that I think that the urge to complete something or to do something is, is that when it's innate, you know, men are task managers, you know, you complete the task, you move on to the next thing. But I think it's also that men only know that their place in the world is that I am a task manager. Like if I don't do this, then I'm not a man. And mm-hmm. if I'm not assisting or providing or aiding in any form or fashion, then, you know, then what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And if 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 I may, Drew, if I can give a word to the definition that you just gave, um, is men try to like, what is my purpose? Like, if and and mm-hmm. lace and um, you know, you we call you life coach lace for a reason. Um, this may this may be end up being a question to to you, but <clears throat> for a man to sit back and just be in chaos and not do anything mm. that makes that makes me feel like I don't have any purpose at all especially when you feel uh, uh you, when you feel pressure to want to do something in that moment it's like I, I something has to be done um and it's not mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. it's in, internally not to prove anything to anyone else except ourselves you know what I mean and so it's like if I can get something done I have I, I I have purpose. I'm here for a reason. So for mm-hmm. me to hear mm-hmm. someone that, and um, I've been, I've been battling, I've been um, not battling. I've been contemplating the idea of um, getting into the counseling field. Um, be, uh, but I don't know if I can sit for an hour to hear somebody tell me their, their issues and I don't input myself. And that's one of the <laughs> things, <laughs> that's one of the things as, as counselors, like you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be inputting yourself. You should be helping the, you know, guiding the person along. Sure, sure, but, sure. Um, yeah. But yeah I, yeah, I feel as though like when we when we're in the midst of chaos, we, we feel as though our purpose is to stop that chaos from continuing to happen. To an extent, but I think, too, a lot of times with anything, uh, people are human nature is self-serving. So you, you mm-hmm. want to, quote unquote, fix it because <laughs> it makes you feel better or it makes you feel X, Y, Z rather than, like I said, looking at the 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 large scale situation i mean think about it when uh, i don't know if you all like go out and volunteer um at shelters or you know those kinds of civic engagement pieces it's always the people who are volunteering they're like oh i felt great for doing that mm-hmm. why why i mean you do like it? literally you, you do why? so i i think that a lot of it is definitely human nature to be self-serving in those kinds of situations particularly ones that we if we are quote unquote the fixer of or or whatever instead of uh like i said navigating big picture and um contributing but not necessarily trying to fix so troy what you were getting at is you feel like men are finding their purpose in fixing things Mm-hmm. you know like trying to discover what they're meant for, or it's a sense know. of purpose yeah it can be a sense of purpose but that goes away so is that really you know what i'm saying like again and that's why I, I use the word self-serving to an extent because that's that's truly what it what it is hey man i ain't gonna lie sometimes i'll be feeling bad when i'll be trying to fix people's problems because sometimes it is uh self-led for me mm-hmm. and not because i feel like i'm getting something out of helping them but because i don't want them to keep burdening me with this 
<laughs> this thing that they right, talk about. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's not, <laughs> yeah. So it's not like I feel good about this thing. It's like, yo, I'm going to help you so you can shut up talking to me about it because I already know how to deal with this situation. So let me just tell you what to do. Right. But that's your, that's your nature and being a task manager. I'm going to complete this and then I'm going to move on to the next thing because this has become a task that I can easily complete. But to Lace's point, it's definitely a false purpose because, you know, I used to think that my purpose was being there for everybody. And then I was like, you know, well, what am I going to do for myself? I don't even mm -hmm. know my favorite hobbies, mm -hmm. my favorite food or anything because I'm so vested in everybody else trying to perform for them. I don't even know who, who I am as a person or what are my likes and dislikes or whatever the case may be. So there definitely has to be some deep introspection on, you know, not as what is uh, my purpose as a man, but what is my singular purpose as a person? as an individual. Yeah. Because we've been taught all our whole lives as men that if you do nothing, if you if you are lazy, then you are uh you're not a man. So Right, you're lacking. You're, yeah, yeah, you're so lacking. It's always yeah, yeah. viewed from a, a a lens of deficiency rather than you know no, you whole, you just it's not I mean there's nothing you can do about <laughs> certain things. It just is what it is. And so, but I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead, no, Troy. No, but man. I'm glad you said that because now we have to come to the understanding of realizing that in some cases I can't do anything, and being right. present is being is is better than not is being absent at all. You know, and that's mm -hmm. the process that I'm I'm trying to learn is that sometimes just being there is a is just as good of a tool as me putting my hand to something and trying to fix something or me trying to tell somebody to do something or trying to share you know what i'm saying so my my uh my presence is is just as as good as anything else and which which actually if you think about it if your presence is as good enough that should make you feel more purposeful you know what i mean like mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. if me just being here and you and and um i make you feel comfortable and i didn't do anything i didn't say anything but it makes you feel comfortable then that should give us that should show us you know even more that you know we have value and we have purpose i remember my great grandfather Correct. my Correct. Uh, prime example my great grandfather meant wasn't a man of many words um i didn't know his true theology i i do know he knew who jesus was and he had a relationship with him um, he didn't really teach me any Bible or anything like that, but I looked at him as my example of what a godly man was just because he was there. Mm -hmm. And we watched wrestling mm -hmm. on Saturdays and Jeopardy in the afternoon. <laughs> that mm -hmm. was that, okay. that was my only example, you know what I mean? And um, and but he didn't say many words. He just he just let me know that he was there and I was um he he was uh comforting to me and um so yeah, that's, uh, that was my, that was my one example, but for some strange reason over the years, I've moved further and further away from his way of being able to be there and be comforting and stuff like that. Um, and to be in this whole, I need to get my hands on something. Mm -hmm. Hey, it took me a while to get to the point where I was okay with not fixing things or not helping somebody fix something that wasn't my responsibility. Oh, if, bro! If, you that's know, if that makes sense, you know, like I used to feel mm -hmm. guilty if people call me or hit me up and they in a, a struggle or anything could be financial or a situation, something that they put themselves in, and then you know I would always feel number one obligated to help them out, mm -hmm. and then if I didn't help them out, I would always feel like guilty afterwards, mm -hmm. and it took me a, a mm -hmm. while to get to a point where I just had to be okay with saying like you know that's not my problem. You know, like mm -hmm. that's, right. <laughs> I didn't, right. I didn't do nothing. I didn't help right. you get there. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to have to figure that out. You know, like people make terrible financial decisions and then hit you up like, yo, I, I'm in this, you know, thing. Can you, can you hint, lend me a little bit or something like that? And I used to be, you know, want to be like, all right, let me help them out. I got the money, whatever. And then, you know, when I didn't help out, I used to always, <laughs> always feel guilty. But then I was like, I ain't tell you to go mm. buy a Louis bag and you know you got rent to pay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I didn't, you know, you know, like I didn't tell you to go on that vacation and you know Choices you got you, you know you got a situation. So I literally had to get to the point where I was just okay um not helping somebody out or not fixing situations. And I think it's a lot of uh men who still, you know, kind of struggle with that, especially in terms of relationships. Uh, and I'm gonna probably touch on a sore subject with this, but, but I'm gonna go there anyway. Because I feel like it's a lot of guys 
in the single realm and drew can speak to this because he's single i haven't been single in quite some time but um just from the feedback that i hear from guys and what i see going on right now is a lot of men who feel like especially when looking for a partner or a mate and they're dealing with women who already have children and they don't have any feeling like they have to come in and fix all those problems like mm. come in and help with every single thing concerning that child in the relationship and the situation that they're in and the dad is not doing nothing so let me buy all these school clothes or let me buy pay for the lunches or the birthday gifts or the christmas gift like be you know what i'm saying like stepping in before there's even a real you know commitment like they're not even married yet but they feel like they got to come in and do all these things just to have a chance at you know the relationship or whatever or that's the expectation that even though this you didn't create mm -hmm. this situation mm -hmm. if you want to you know be in a relationship with me then it's your responsibility to fix all the decisions that i made before you got here you know so i think it's some mm -hmm. men you know dealing with that struggling with that and i personally don't think you know what i'm saying that it's their responsibility to be jumping in you know and if they want to do do your thing i just don't feel like that should be the expectation for people to be jumping in and taking on that you know situation unless we talk in marriage now let me tell you this yeah. as a as a as a as a person who was when when i was a child i did have a stepfather and he did step into a situation with a woman who had a child me as a as a as a kid accepting a stepchild the best thing you could have did for me back then hey man i need to see your money where your money at Put some money on me. If you if <laughs> if, if you love me, put, put some money on me. I know my what books. you're talking about, Troy. I know what you're talking about. Books. Put some money. You you need to buy this love. You know what I'm saying? I know saying? what you're talking you, about. You can't just come in this crib, be with my mama, all laid up with her. Uh I need to see I eating all the eggs <laughs> and bacon. <laughs> I need to see some worth. <laughs> what do I benefit from this whole relationship that y'all got going on that I didn't have a say in, okay? I didn't have a say in this, but um, I, I, I that I'm, I'm saying it to be funny, but at the same time, that was true. But also to mention the point that, uh, yeah, you're right, man. Um, it's hard for, um, um, it's hard in this dating age. Like people are having children younger and younger, and are they don't get to the point of maturity for long lasting relationship until later on in life, while they have children. And so uh, when the, when the dating realm opens up, you have to, you know, if you're in your late 20s, 30s or even 40s, you know, on and on, you have to be open to the idea of being in a relationship with somebody who is either previously divorced, um, has children um, and definitely you got to be prepared for all the baggage that's going to come with that. So, yeah, it is kind of difficult. Well, I think that too goes back to setting expectation. I mean, you gotta you gotta have those conversations up front, primarily if you are considering a situation as uh, Mel has described. Like people don't set expectations, then they get into something and think that you know this is what it needs to be for me to be successful or whatever, uh, without truly having that candid conversation and talking about the expectations around what the relationship looks like, what the needs are, how you fit into mm -hmm. it, what you can contribute, the lack thereof, all those kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a larger picture that many don't have that discussion today mm -hmm. in it. The one single person in the podcast ain't got nothing to say about this. I subject. wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I was waiting my I was waiting my turn patiently. Before, before um, Drew said it though, let me just say that I'm not against nobody. Uh, I'm not against men stepping in and helping out with people's kids and stuff oh, like that. Let me not, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that because yeah, I know yeah, people yeah. will take your words and throw, I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. I come from a split home. Gotta, my gotta mama had boyfriends. Exactly. Gotta help the little rascals You know what I'm saying? Out. I come from a split home. My mama had boyfriends and they had the same, you know, situation, expectations, spending on me and stuff like that. I'm, I was just saying out there. Yeah, paying for basketball and football yeah, and it's, lunch and all kinds <laughs> of <laughs> On emergency <laughs> contact list, everything. You know what I'm saying? All that, man. Hey. Calling call you at work. Man, what? <laughs> Let me say this, I'm, 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 and I'm going to speak highly of my stepfather, even though he was only in my life for, I think, three years, three or four years, better than my father, better, better father than mm. me, than, than mm. my, even though he, mm. for those three years, he was better than me than my father was. Um, he was there when my great grandfather, the one that I mentioned earlier, when he passed away, he came pick me up from wrestling. He's like, hey, man, I got bad news. Your, uh, your great grandfather passed away and like I, he he helped me work through that process 
Um, he bought me my first fit, and I look I look clean, bruh. I'm talking about this is the dude that used to have to shop at the Dollar General store for his clothes. He brought me my first mm. matching ki- uh, 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 fitted. And with with the shoes to match, bro, I, you couldn't tell me nothing. I wanted to wear that outfit every single day. That's how that's how fly it was. But he was <laughs> like, "Hey, man, you stink. So you need to take a shower and wash these clothes." Mm. Um, but yeah, so stepfathers can be can be a whole lot more to a kid than what a real father is. So yeah, oh, I know I, that. I, I know that one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah sure. and that's why I say, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm not against. I'm not advocating that men don't do that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about the specific expectation that some people have that this is a requirement mm-hmm. for you to to be Mr. Fix-It in, you know what I'm saying, in my in my situation, in my life and stuff like that. If by all means, if you're capable, if you're willing, do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not deterring people away from that. I did it at one point in time in my life as well, sure, you know, and yeah, I benefited yeah. from it, you know, by having a stepmother. So I see both sides of it. That I'm So again, people listening, watching, whatever, I'm not saying don't step in and help and none of that type of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about right now. We just talking about the spirit of Mr. Fix-It feeling like we got to fix and solve everybody else's problems and stuff like that. So, uh, but you should, you should do it for the right reasons though. That's the thing. Um, and like I said, it goes back to setting the expectation and having that upfront conversation, but Drew dot jump in, man, jump in. You've been patiently waiting. I, um, I think the overarching theme, whether it's kids involved or not is, is like what Lay said, you know what I'm saying? Just, uh, quality expectations because, I think too many people look at relationships more so as a um, uh, as a need, not necessarily like an accessory. Mm-hmm. And so people think that if I get engaged with somebody, you know, or not necessarily engaged, but I start interacting with somebody, the expectation is that whatever I got going on, you know what I'm saying, you're supposed to jump in that um, and rectify it in some form or fashion. But that's not really necessarily the case. You know, um, everybody has to handle their own. So um, I would definitely disagree with Troy. Um, somebody in their late 20s i mean um, there are a lot of folks out here who got kids so they divorced so they got baggage but um you know people are marrying less uh you know uh, reading the book the meaning of marriage they're marrying less they're having kids later um that's a whole nother conversation about the state of the economy and why people are choosing not to have children you know it's an impoverishing act because um, they, 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 they be broke. They expensive. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you right now. So, no research done. Hey, I'll tell you right now. So for the viewers, I literally just said that. I said it was an impoverishing act. <laughs> I'm just saying, before you no research needed. I'll tell you right now. Uh, <laughs> they are expensive. Impoverishing acts. He drew throwing out. I he throwing you, out bro. stuff that we look, man. Call it what it is. It's expensive. Thank you, man. <laughs> And the more you have, the more expensive it get. <laughs> right. Oh, hey, I would like to make the argument that that was toxic. That was a toxic, that was a toxic exchange right there. Um, but nah, man, you know, my folks ask me all the time, when am I having kids? And I'm like, yo, I can't even pick between cran apple or cran grape in the grocery store. I don't even <laughs> <need to> <laughs> I don't oh, need to be bringing anybody into the world right now, bro. Let me tell you this. <laughs> Let me tell you this. If you see cran apple and cran grape and you can't figure out what, just get them both. See, that's one of the things where you can have two of and it's not a problem. For starters, cran apple is trash. So if you're looking at anything other than cran grape. Definitely trash. If you're looking at anything other <laughs> than cran gra- uh, grape, we got a problem. But hey, he said he liked that twang on the back end. You know what I'm saying? Hey, but that cran apple goes well with a with a. He liked that twang. Look, that cran apple goes well with a copious amount of 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 liquors. Of what? Of what liquors? Oh, okay, okay. I hear what you're saying. All right, I hear you. I'm good. I like how you saved yourself there. Right. Nah, bro. Those are facts, bro. Cran grape is a good mixer too, though. Right. All right. Keep going with your story. Empowering act. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, it's definitely an impoverishing <laughs> app, you know. And then you know, I'm not trying to get the the conversation on the economy, but like you know, wages haven't changed in a while. And so, like you know, my parents talk about all the time about children and buying a house. I think folks in my age bracket are like, you know, these are monumental tasks that, well, although they were difficult at that time, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. My folks bought a house when mid late seventies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think my parents' house when they bought it was worth about $35,000 mm-hmm. and now was valued, I think it like, I think like 195 or something like that. Sheesh. And so they say all the time, if we were, we couldn't have been able to do that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's so mm-hmm. with that being said, 
I think that people are recognizing like, you know, I may need to just sit tight. Although this is my last year, 2022 is my last year living in an apartment. 2023, I'm going to have a house. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and claim that. All right, Drew. Hey, even with that being said, you know, I'm I'm in a house search, whatever the case may be. If I start dating somebody, the expectation is going to be like, you know, you're going to help me with that. But no, like that's my own thing. I literally had a conversation with somebody about my own personal growth. And they were like, hey, well, you know, if we, you know, we started to date or we started to be exclusive, that's something that, you know, um, I think that uh, I would want somebody to change. And I'm like, this is intrinsic for myself. Mm. You know, like this is something I want to change for myself. Red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I need some sound effects. Red flag. What's but the, listen, bro. What's the change? Hey, yo. What's the change? I hate Lay. <laughs> what's what's the change? What you say? What's the change that they're trying? Hey, to- we ain't gonna get into all of that. But look, my point is, is this: it's the simple fact that people have to have um, intrinsic motivators for their own change, as opposed to doing it for somebody else. And that goes mm. again into the mm-hmm. false expectations mm-hmm. That's of relationships, bar. or the false expectations of fixing people. So, you know, uh, I think we talked about on a, on a previous podcast, you know, Mel was like, you know, people got to want it. People have to have an intrinsic motivator that I want this for myself. And mm, if you want mm-hmm. it for yourself, then I can aid you. But if I'm sitting here doing all the lead work and all the dreaming for you, it's one thing for you to dream something. Mm. And then I help you with the dream. Mm. But if I got a dream for you and then I got to put it to work and then I got to execute, this is my fix it problem. Mmm. Mm, so, mm. bars. Intrinsic motivation. Who talking, bro? You was on to something. Bro, talking today. The, yeah, you was you was in the bag, brother. You was in your and bag. That is the part that kills me. Um, for people who don't want to do anything for themselves, and I and and so now, and this is the self-serving part, Lace. This is the self-serving part. Mm-hmm. So now you don't want to do something for yourself, and I gotta watch you suffer. I gotta watch you suffer. I can't. Sure. I can't make you work out. I can't, can't make you. I can't make you go get a job. You know what I'm saying? I can't make you go seek help. Like I can't make you uh, get that extra degree. I can't make you go back to college. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't make you. And I right, and right. you want me to watch you suffer. I that mm-hmm. that is one mm-hmm. of the most disturbing things uh, for me is because I know. I guess I guess it's one of the things is like I see your potential. I want you to do well. Go mm. do something. You know what I'm saying? Because I know right. But I'm go ahead, Lace. Yeah, you know, I, I was gonna say. I mean, it's the, it's literally the American way to operate from a lens of mediocrity. I mean, think about it. I mean, for whether it's education, whether it's athletics or whatever. I mean, we could talk about okay. You know, people have done these great things, et cetera. But they were individuals who were go getters, individuals who made some things shake. Where you have people, I tell you, a prime example. I was watching Six Hundred Pound Life the other day. Oh, if you watch God. that show, Yo. that will tell you how people tru- like you six you six hundred plus <laughs> talking about you go die. If you don't and change, still eating. but yet you, but yet you eat 15 eggs in the morning and a and whole pack eating. of sausage. Like hey, what? Hey, so t- it's literally <laughs> like something just. My man went back to the doctor a hundred pounds plus what he was supposed to be to get the surgery. pounds plus. Yo, then get to the doctor, get weight, like wait, you only lost 30 pounds. How that happened? You won't do what you're to do. Surprise. tell y'all. Let me tell y'all, right. I have never watched an episode of 600 Pound Life, but the videos I have man, seen- Man, life on, lessons in that Hey, joke, look, man. bro, it's the videos I have seen on Facebook make me concerned that I won't see the gates of heaven <laughs> because I have been absolutely geeked up at them joints, bro. The Black um, Family was probably the worst but, one I've seen. Hey, bro. Yo, did I y'all see the that family, on family that by the ton when they picked up all them pizzas and they ate five pizzas, on the way to the hey, house? Hey, bro. Yo, have y'all ever seen the remix of that joint? Family pack. He knocked down. Troy. Hey, bro. Troy. They, they, sent the two, hey. they, they sent the two least fattest people in the family to, to the Look. ones that could walk and be mobilized. They took yes. them, sent them to the pizza uh, hut to pick up the pizzas for the family. They had 15 large pizzas, bro. Troy, the camera will show you how many pizzas they you can count with joints. As soon as they got in the car, they was like, well, we gonna go ahead and snack on our way over to take the pizzas. That'd be all right. <laughs> hey, Troy, man. they hey, ate bro. five hey, boxes bite. of pizza on the way to the function, bro. Oh, Troy, my God. when they walk into the house, the camera will show you how many pizzas they got. This and many. there's a black dude 
Hey, but there's a black dude who remixed the video. I'm gonna send it to all of y'all, bro. He said, "Hold up." He said they left the joint with 15 boxes of pizza, but they came back with seven. He said, "Hold up." That means that these, <coughs> hey, bro, that joint was prime Yo. time comedy. But look, to Lace's so, other point about to Lace's <laughs> other point about uh, America being about mediocrity, that is exactly correct. The only thing that we do well as a country is put people in prison. Other than that, oh, for sure. we yeah, are yeah. in the yeah. uh, bottom categories for everything else. But um, in regards to what uh, Troy was saying about uh, see, sitting people suffer, people have to recognize that. And it goes back to a um, so I, I'm I'll be transparent about a part of my therapy session is the simple fact that uh, I, I see patterns or men see patterns. And the reason why men see patterns is because we operate in patterns. We mm-hmm. operate in routines. We do the same thing every single day. Like my my life is a routine. I know mm-hmm. on what days I'm gonna record the podcast. I know what days I'm gonna do homework, whatever the case may be. And we see people operate in cyclical uh, fashion. We see them do the same things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it's easy for men to identify problems because I see the pattern. And where the problem comes in, or what I ended up saying in therapy was, is I think that my issue with saving people is because I want somebody to save myself because I recognize mm. my own patterns. I recognize my own my own flaws. Mm. And so because of that, that makes me able because I'm recognizing them and I am uh, willing to admit them, I see those in others. But the issue is, is like what Troy said, you want me to be in partnership with you or communion with you while I watch you suffer. And I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I have to now uh, exile myself from your life because you are not noticing the patterns and you're not noticing that I need to make a difference. And so that's why men are out here suffering with mental health issues, their health, because I recognize the patterns. I'm trying to get you to stop and then I can't. But then if I walk away, my internal complex makes me feel like a failure because it's a task that I have ultimately mm. failed when my DNA, my my origin is for me to be a task manager and to complete things and to be a success. So in that... In, Drew appreciate today, y'all. I'm just Drew. Drew Drew appreciate today. Come on, Pastor. Come on. Before you even played that sound effects, I was like, this is preaching right now. (laughs) Drew preaching today, (laughs) man. Drew preaching today. Yeah, but it's just like that. That's in itself is a is a um, how men get in patterns of you know depression suicide i'll make the i'll make the note 75 percent of all suicides are male and we make up less than half of the population so that lets you know that we are overrepresented in suicide rates and then you have to ask mm. yourself why it's because we're engaging in a as my grandmother would say in a fool's errand we're just not going to be able to do certain things and you know as Mel said i i want deliverance and freedom from the simple fact that i can't be everything to everybody and i can't fix everybody's problems their past, their trauma, or worry about their future more than they're worried about themselves. That's it, Doc. You in the book, Doc. Now, what you say, Grandma? <laughs> you know, a fool's errand? Hey, a fool's errand. She, a fool. You know, you say, y'all, I'm about to go do that. She said, that's a fool's errand, baby. She was like, that ain't hey, gonna work. shout out to Grandma <laughs> for the wisdom. That's hey. real talk. You running a fool's errand. I mean, Tupac said it best. You know what I mean? Every day I wake up and I ask myself, if life is life worth living or should I blast myself? Mm, I mean, those are true. things that is real, that's bro. Real. Like, legit. And that goes back to, you know, navigating purpose, self-awareness. And to your point, Drew, I would add that um, self-awareness is key, but also navigating blind spots, areas that we aren't aware that still affect us in those large-scale ways as well. So um, understanding that we can have blind spots too that may um show themselves in that process through that out that process and so lace i i am that's the reason why i'm very open for community i'm very open for um for accountability because i know that even though i think what i'm doing the things that i'm doing in my life are correct are right and the things that i should be doing i do realize there are i i i may have some blind spots and so like when Mm -hmm. um when Mm -hmm. when people give me critique a lot of times, even though some, I'm not a lot of times, but sometimes when the critique is trash, I'll still entertain it because I'm like, is this a blind mm, spot that mm-hmm. I got? You know what I'm saying? And mm, so mm-hmm, with that mm-hmm. much accountability that I have on myself, I'm like, why can't, why can't people that I'm in, um, that I'm also in a community with, why can't they have the same accountability? 
Why can't they? Mm. That's because that is that's your heart posture. You are open and willing to that. A lot of people can't navigate um, the lens of accountability and having others tell them <clears> where <throat> they may have a blind spot or a potential challenge or deficiency, and I'm one et of them. So, so that's heart. That's heart <laughs> posture. You know what I'm saying? That, like I said, I, I tell folks I'm all the time. Them. Look, man. I can't change hearts and minds. That's that's Jesus', Jesus work. work. I can't do that. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we can work addressing things in other ways. But that's heart posture. But let me that, just that say it depends it. on who it who is coming from though. Like that's 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 my my thought because and I think that's my brain because I'm more facts and feelings. And I feel like a lot of time when people are holding quote unquote holding people accountable or, or giving them insight into a blind spot they may have, it's from their personal feeling. You know what I'm saying? And just because mm-hmm. you feel something don't mean that it's proper. Don't mean that it's correct. You know, just mm-hmm. because you perceive something mm-hmm. to be a way don't necessarily mm-hmm. mean it's the truth. So first, I got to understand the facts behind your criticism or your critique or your accountability. And if it factually makes sense or if there's real rhyme and reason to what you're saying, I may be more receptive to what you're talking about. But I just don't welcome any type of criticism or accountability. You know, the choice point. Uh, I'm not as my heart posture isn't as lean, you know, as Troy's is. You know, to mm-hmm. Lace's point, but mm-hmm. sorry, Drew, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah, I, I definitely have had to learn. Um, uh, I'm trying to pick my words carefully. I've had to, I've had to learn about what I receive and what I and what I don't receive in regards to critique and criticism. Um, you know, nobody's above critique or criticism. However, what I have learned, especially in my career, is that a lot of people's quote unquote cr- uh, critiques are really a just self uh, projection. So mm. somebody may tell you something, mm-hmm. but it's actually mm-hmm. what they really feel about themselves. So I've learned to take the meat and leave the bone in regards to, you know, what people may say in regards hey, to- Hey, take the meat, leave hey, the Drew, bone. Drew, I know you heard that quote from somewhere. Who 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 told you about take, uh, taking the meat and spitting the bones? <laughs> I was, I, I think it's the same, but I think we heard it from the same person, but I just want to make sure. <laughs> Hey, it was the way you said hey, that, bro, yo. It was the way he said it, bro. He said it so sincere, bro. Melvin, he said it so sincere, bro. Where did you get that quote from, bro? I really need to know that. that is Mel, so out here trying to, Mel out here trying to win awards for his acting. That is so toxic, Melvin. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Let the, let the young man prosper. Let the Look, young Drew man been prospering grow. tonight. I'm giving Drew full highlight. And his clip, the clip next week hey. on the podcast is going to be Drew. I'm using him as the clip for next week. <laughs> Let him keep it in his bag grow. tonight. Take the meat. Take the meat. That's a. Hey, that's the. That's the potty. Uh, <laughs> Take the hey, bro. meat. Time, bro. Time. <laughs> hey, you gotta take the meat, man. Cats don't want to take the meat. Hey yo, hey yo, bro. <laughs> Somebody take lace out of here, bro. <laughs> hey. Oh. oh my gosh. Uh, hey, <laughs> Melvin, if you don't, Melvin, if you, I'm hurt, I'm hurt yo. <laughs> Melvin, Lace. if you don't use that title, I will purposely log into everything yo. we use. Yeah, I'm changing the title. I'm changing the title per lace, bro. Hey, per lace. Takes to me. Y'all heard it here. So when y'all see the title, y'all know what happened right here. Yo, yo. bro. Uh, <laughs> yo. That was crazy. But hey, Melvin, man. When a when a young man growing, you can't just throw it in his face like that. Bro. You can't do that. Let let the young man prosper. No, man. I always I, I always remind Drew of his prosper, bro. I always remind Drew of his prosper. And I do that, I do that openly. Sometimes I do it openly and sarcastically. You know, uh <laughs> but I, I I do it. I always I always shed a light on it because I remember a time that oh. no, I ain't gonna do him like that on the podcast is is recorded, but he know what I'm talking about. Nah, bro. I know, bro. I, I, y'all. I got my performance review not too long ago. I looked at that joint. I handed it back with my signature. I got up and I left the room, bro, because I ain't even care. You out here getting written up? No, nah, I didn't get written. It was my performance review. Oh, okay. You made it sound yeah, like a I ain't care. Nah, bro. It was my performance review. I ain't care. Nothing that was on that joint whatsoever, bro. I was like, you know what? Nah, it's like that. I was like, you know what, bro? I can be passive aggressive at times. I'm gonna work on that. But everything else on here, I know that ain't real. I know that ain't real, bro. This is all you, bro. You just projecting that joint. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you have it. I'm gonna pray that the Lord, uh, what they say, it ain't. I ain't in the business of changing hearts and minds. So I'm gonna let the Lord do no, that, sir. and I'm gonna Ooh, focus yeah, on the policy yeah. and procedure. That's hey, it. So what's That's so it. what's the moral of the story this week, yo? In terms Take of the, uh, the, the fix of spirit. Take the meat. 
take the meat. But I also, I also, I also will add though that to your point, Mel. Um, you know, when you t- talk about criticism or accountability, a lot of times we look at the depth that the other person is uh, giving it to us from. So think about it. You know, what I mean, we have a relationship where you would consider, you know, what I mean, whatever I may be telling you or whatnot. And my depth could be, say, if we're using like a, a pool, for example. 10 feet, 10 foot pool. So I, my depth is deeper. But if you taking, you know, advice from somebody that's in the kiddie pool or three mm, feet of water, right. you just like, yeah, I'm no, not, I can't, I can't really this. do that. Cause you ain't, you ain't, you have no depth to you. You know what I'm saying? So I think too, that's another piece that we often consider in um, fixing it. Um, and to how, how, how much depth do you have? Are you, um, do I, do I, am I going to have to dive deep or am I in the kiddie pool fooling with you? You know what I'm saying? So and Melvin, let me add this. Uh, let me add this other one. I think this was said earlier is that um, in all of our tools that we're able to fix things, one of our one of our tools that we can use that we often overlook is just being there and being present. And um, mm-hmm. I want to recall that because I need to hear that myself. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I, I know I like to be hands-on, but sometimes being present is just as good as any tool that I have to fix something. I heard that. So... The moral of the story this week is fix what you can fix. And if you can't fix it, take the meat. (laughs) (laughs) And on that, until next time. We chopping wood over here. And on that, until next time. (laughs) We out. (laughs) 